Wow, so good to see you guys here today. And Pastor Matt, um, it's just an honor to be with your family and to know what God's going to do in this place. It's uh, kind of mind-boggling to think about, you know, when you think about what God's wanting to do. And uh, if you will, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I'm going to cut to the chase and go to work. Is that all right? I really feel like I've got something to say to you today, to this church, and um, I think it's an important part of our spiritual growth, and I want to go to the book of Joel, chapter 2, to look at this, and uh, I just want to give this to you, then you're responsible for it from that point on. Help me out, look at your neighbor and say, you know what I like sitting by you in church? Just tell them. Look at him again and say, looks like you've lost weight this week. <laughs> Lord, Jesus, help us. Lying in the house of the Lord. Joel chapter 2, verse 1. Come on, y'all. Stay with me. There's an anointing in this place. Read it out loud with me. It's on the screen. Let's just look on the screen so we can harmonize and go together. Here we go. Read. Blow, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. I would like to see that on CNN, Fox News, and all. Let everybody that hears tremble, because it's the day of the Lord. Verse 25, Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Again, I'm going to ask you to read it in concert with me. Ready, go. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locust and the young locust and other locusts and the locust swarm. My great army that I sent among you. Father, we thank you for this moment. Let this word go forth, not in my will, but your will. Lord, I'm just a vessel that you can use and I offer myself to you for you to use my life. And we love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I want to talk to you today about the necessity of an enemy. Now listen, I am suggesting to you that God sends enemies into your life. We don't like that at all, but the truth is the scripture bears it out. The necessity of an enemy. It is not that God hates you. It's not that God doesn't love you. In fact, just the opposite. But at times and seasons of our lives, he allows certain enemies to show up. But it's for the purpose of God. The cross was a terrible thing. But how many of you know it's a beautiful thing for the believer? God will use, he will not waste anything in your life. But he will use it all for the, his glory and for your purpose. If you believe that, say amen. We just need to be aware of this truth. It will, make, it will make the world make sense. It will make your life, you will understand your life better if you understand there's a necessity for an enemy in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul tells the church there, he says, there's a brother in your congregation that has sinned. And church members, listen, you have to forgive him. 
or else something worse will come on you. And then he tags it out by saying that scripture that we know. Because we, we know, he, said, he says, for we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We're not ignorant of it. We are aware of it. And listen, here's one thing I know about 2021. I come all the way to tell you this. This is one thing, Pastor Matt, I know about 2021. Your enemy's going to be there. Your enemy will arrive. Congratulations. Your Goliath has arrived. Is it all right if I give a word from the Lord today? I just want you to know that John 16, 33, the Lord taught us. We should not be surprised. Because he said, he said this, he said, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. This is important for me to realize and for the church to realize this, that we are not on the playground, we're on the battlefield. We need to mature quickly and go stronger than we ever have before. We need to man up and endure hardness as a good soldier of faith. And it's important that you understand that when, when we realize, when you understand that battles are a part of life, it helps you process what's happening with you. If you're here today and you're struggling in your faith, so do we. If you're here today and things seems to be going the wrong way, join the crowd. If you're here today and it just feels like sometimes bad things just happen to you, guess what? You're in good company. We're all in a battle. Oh, is that all right if I say that? I've, I've really come to encourage you, not to discourage you. But we are all in a battle, and it's intense. And I've come to prepare you, I believe, by the Word of God, to become victorious in the middle of your battle. Amen? Now, now listen, we, we need to learn to embrace the battles of our life. The children of Israel, 400 years in Egypt, the sandy, flat territory of Egypt. And then they were yanked out of there and taken to the promised land where it was hills and valleys and jagged rocks. And we never got used to, they, they struggled getting used to the ups and the downs of life. Can I tell you that sometimes life is hard and life is a struggle. But I just, I just want you to know that if you will embrace it, and not be taken back by its intensity, that it will help you understand where you're at. And I'm going somewhere, so hang on. Here's my point. Church, we should not get discouraged so easily. He said, I'm going to give you iron shoes for the rocky road. You don't need patent leather shoes because this is not a place to dance. It's not tennis shoes because it's not a place to play. He said, I'm going to give you iron shoes for the rocky road. And then he goes on to say, as your days are, so shall your strength be. Amen. We should not give up so easily. Some of you, some of you want to quit on God every two or three weeks. Get used to the battle. Toughen up a little bit, church. We, we, America, needs the church to be strong 
in the Lord and in the power of His might. Don't be pushed off of your mountain. Don't be talked down off of your wall so easily. Because we've got a king that is coming. And he's coming after a triumphant church. And I don't know what he would do with this weak mess he's got right now. Help me preach somebody. You, Lakeview, you are called to be the strength of God in Hot Springs, Arkansas. The Bible says that in those days, ten men will grab a hold of you and say, I'm going to go with you because you know your God. Whoo, I feel like preaching. Matthew 24, Jesus is talking to, the, talking to the disciples about the intensity of the last days. And he says, see to it that you're not deceived. See to it. In other words, that's nobody's responsibility but yours. See to it that you're not discouraged. See to it that you're not walking around defeated all the time. See to it that you're not letting gossip get in your head. See to it that you're not that you are not in conspiracies but in the truth. See to it. It is not the news media's responsibility to tell you the truth. It is yours to figure it out. You don't need media. You've got God. We don't need to read your palm to see your future. We got the Holy Ghost. My goodness. Ephesians 4.14 talking about the last days. Said that people are going to be tossed to and fro about with every wind of doctrine. But Lakeview, that's not you. You, you Lakeview. You are the blood washed of Jesus Christ. You, ladies and gentlemen, you are the redeemed of the Lord. You are among those that have your name written down in heaven. So when an enemy comes to attack us, we know that we are in a battle, not because God can't stop it, but God's going to use it to spread his kingdom. I talked to a person this week that said, you know, God's not done anything for me. And I was standing in their street. Their house was right there. Brick home, three bedroom, two bath home. He had a truck a car, a travel trailer in the, girl, in the, in the driveway. He, had, he has a wife, he has kids, he has grandkids. God's never done anything for me. It made me mad. I said, you know, I wanted to say, I wanted to say take a breath in. Hey, come on, y'all, is that all right? Look at what God has blessed you with. Amen? You need God. You need God. Don't say you don't need God. If you, if you didn't have God, your own spit would run out on your chest. You couldn't do anything about it. Every breath we have comes from God. Somebody give your God a praise in this room today. Amen. All right, so let's get something straight today. The believer always has better days on the way. Always. I might be in a fight today. But I know down in my knower that God can turn it around and there's better days on the way. I know it. I am saved. I'm full of His Spirit. I have read His Word. I know the character and the nature of God. And if I follow Him, I don't care what I, I my name may be Job, but ten times better is on the way. Look at somebody and shout, better days are on the way. 
I can endure. I can endure this light affliction because better days are on the way. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The psalmist said about the messianic Jesus, he said, you will not leave my soul in hell and let my body see destruction. How many of you know no, form, no weapon formed against us can prosper? For when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. For the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We've just begun. Don't mess with the church now because we have understood that our king always gives us better days. Threaten me with killing me. Hey, one breath over here is another breath in heaven and I'll forever with him. I can stand up to the enemy that is trying to destroy my life. Somebody shout amen to that. Amen. So, uh, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see it. I've had some troubled times. I'm worried about our country. But I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to the Lord. So why? Why are enemies necessary? Number one, because God uses them to get your attention. God uses enemies, battles, struggles to get your attention. Actually to get our attention off of ourselves and on Him. Psalms 119.67 it says before I was afflicted I went astray but now I keep your word. <laughs> Isn't that a great text? <laughs> before this all happened before the situation before whatever happened to you before it was all about you but now hey life's fragile we're not exempt from trouble amen you know hey I'm a Christian. Everything's supposed to be butterfly happy. Are you crazy? Your battle began when you became a Christian. Because what you were running from, you finally stopped and faced. And it's catching up to you. And now you've got to overcome it. Oh, I'm preaching to y'all today. Come on, y'all. Amen. You're, you're not a Sunday school picnic kind of person, you're a soldier. Why else would he say put on the whole armor of God if we didn't have a battle? Got a question. Have you ever been ignored? The other day, Shelly, by the way, last time I was here, Shelly and I were dating. I hate dating, by the way. I hate it. Now she is my bride. And we, hey, come on. We just celebrated six months. Have you ever been ignored? The other day Shelly said, you don't listen to me sometimes. Six months, all right, come on. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't put my best foot forward for six months. Have you ever had somebody ignore you and you try to get their attention? I remember when I was a kid, I, my dad, he was just hard of hearing. Besides that, I think he had so many kids he didn't care anymore. But I'd say, Dad, no response. Dad, no response. Dad, no response. Dad, 
No response. <laughs> Dad, what? <laughs> Can y'all identify? Sometimes you have to escalate your attempts to get someone's attention until they respond. God sometimes has to escalate the temperature of the earth and the craziness of your world until he gets a response. He is tired of church services with no response. He's tired of blessing people with no response. Hey, I'm trying to get your attention. Hey, God, would you give me a better job? God, will you give me more money? How many of you know something? Money sometimes gauges your spiritual health. If you're in debt and you things are going crazy, you'll say, oh, God. But when everything is fine, sometimes you forget who God is. And he has to send leanness among you so that you will have your attention on him. Balaam wouldn't listen, so he had to send a talking donkey. Jonah wouldn't listen, so he had to send a whale in the storm. Eli had gone spiritually deaf, so God began to speak to Samuel instead. David thought he had got away with murder and adultery. God sent Nathan. You know what God's doing in America right now? You think he's asleep and out of, you know, not, not in control? You're wrong. He's trying to get our attention. He is trying to get the church's attention that your Savior is not a political party. You cannot legislate righteousness. It must come from a revival. Because laws do not change the hearts of men. Laws are for lawless people. That's why that the law was fulfilled in Christ. So that he could take out a stony heart and put in a new heart that is willing to follow Jesus Christ. Don't tell me we don't need revival in America. God is trying to get our attention. God cares about you so much. He has not turned his back on you. He's just trying to get your attention. Hebrews 3.13 says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Ezekiel 33.11 says, As I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Then, watch this, it says, Turn back, turn back. Turn back, turn back. Why does God have to say it twice? He's trying to get our attention. Turn back, turn back. It's the law of double enunciation. Simon, Simon. Abraham, Abraham. Anytime you see God say it twice, it is of utmost importance. Turn back, turn back from the evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Are you restless? God may be trying to get your attention. Can you not find peace? God's trying to get your attention. Are things just a mess in your life? God's trying to get your attention. Are people that you love giving you advice that makes you mad? 
God may be trying to get your attention? Do you have a spirit of stubbornness? Don't answer that, I already know. <laughs> Do you feel dejected, useless, alone? <clears throat> have you given up? Oh, I know you go through the motions, I see you here today. But have you given up? Have you lost your passion? Just know that you need to hear that God's trying to get your attention. And the way you do that is you repent. Repent is not a negative term. Repent just means to turn around. And then begin to confess. You know what confession really means? It means just get to the bottom of it. Get to the bottom of it. Quit fighting this battle by yourself. Reach out to God and get some strength and healing on the inside of you. This battle is not to destroy you. It's not that God hates you. He's trying to get your attention. So you'll come home to Him. So, you'll know, so you will know Him. Amen? If you believe that, say amen with me today. Look over at your neighbor and say, He must be preaching right at you. Amen? You know why we go through battles? Oh, I could go political and say, yeah, COVID-19, Chinese virus. Yep, so what? God can use it to get our attention. Second reason that we need an enemy, the necessity of an enemy, is to get you in position, the right place. The first reason is for God to get you attention, and the reason he wants your attention is because he has a desire to get you in position, get you ready. I believe that what's happening right now in our nation is actually a window of opportunity for the church. I want to illustrate something with you. I want to for you to pretend with me, and I don't know if, if I can walk around and the, the uh, people on camera can see me, I hope. I want you to pretend that this is just black. All across here, you can't see past that pulpit. It's just black. Then there's a line all the way across this stage. And I'm going to put this window frame up here and slide it along a timeline. Okay? You can't see behind it, but as the window passes, you'll be able to see in the timeline. For example... If we roll this back over here, and we could see that on this particular date, George Washington was born. And he came into view, and, the first, and he became the first president of the United States. And here he is, okay? And there's that moment, that moment of history. It's framed. There was a beginning and an end of that season, and then it was over, and then it went to the next into the next. If we could go back all the way back into Bible times, uh, let's see, we could choose David. And here's where we slide it along the line of time and we come to David and there he is. We, he comes into view and we notice that God sends the lion and God sends the bear and 
Then as he progresses, it's teaching him how to get ready for the position that is on its way. And then Goliath came. And Goliath comes into view into our time window. It's a window of opportunity. And what happens is then we see David come to the throne. Again though, for a season. And he's here and then it goes past and then he's in history. Pastor, come here for a minute. Can you help me? Hold this, hold this like straight out in front of you. Straight, straight out in front of you. Now push it to the left. Yeah, where your face is not in it. Here's, here's what I'm trying to, to say. Everything you have gone through is preparing you for your window of opportunity. Okay? Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I look, let's go this way. What's your birthday? He had to think about it. On November 18th, here come Matt into the picture. Stop right there. Just a little bit of Matt. But I wonder, I wonder what you've gone through. What enemies did God allow into your life? What enemies were you said, I'm going to quit. I'm not, oh, this can't be what God has for me. And, and, and the anguish of soul. You, it's sometimes in our human heart we think that God doesn't care. But in reality, he's getting us ready for a little bit more. Oh, we just now arrived at the ET days. Evangel Temple days. <laughs> One of those glorious days. Glorious days. Y'all know Pastor Matt and I were on staff together at a wonderful church. Wonderful church, no doubt. But did we learn that God not send stuff into our lives that we could not understand at that moment? But how many of you know something? Guess what? what how long have you been here? Two and a half years ago, Pastor Matt come into this window of opportunity. And everything he went through as a kid, as a teenager, at ET, everything in his life was preparing him for this season that he is in. Amen. All right. All right. Just stay right there just for a minute. Guess what? Let me pull the window ahead because God not only knows the past, he knows the future. Remember, you can't see past this, but if you know God, you can look ahead and say, Whoa, look at that opportunity. How many of you know something, Lakeview? I've come to tell you the reason that God sends an enemy into our lives sometimes is to prepare us that the best days are straight ahead. Come on, Pastor Matt. How many of you know that in the future, grab a hold of that, in the future there's an opportunity fixing to come. It's being birthed even now. And this is the day of small beginnings. Help me, somebody. I can't. Oh, pa Pastor O, don't be careful because, you know, you know, our world is changing and things are different. And look who's president now. And it's going to be, be bad and, and everything's going to be bad. Now, how many of you know something? If, if, if God can preserve the children of Israel in the land of Goshen while the plagues were going on, how many of you know he could preserve us? 
and we can thrive. You got to hear this. I'm not saying everything's going to be hunky-dory, but how many of you know we can thrive as people of God? We have got to learn. We've got to learn that your faith can be strong even when you feel weak. Because in our weakness, He is made strong. Amen? If y'all believe that, come on, let's prophesy by giving our Lord a hand of praise. This window of opportunity, it's on its way. Thank you, sir. Amen? Get in position. Look at somebody and say, get in position. Romans chapter 8 says what? For we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord who are called according to His purpose. I'm going to see a victory. I declare I'm going to see a victory. Let me say that again. I just, I'm going to stand in the house of God and say this about my life, about Shelly and I, about our kids, about our grandkids. I'm going to see a victory. How many of you claim your victory today? Amen. Now let me let me let me land this. Let me land this. Okay. Third reason. The third reason that uh, you you need an enemy sometimes is because God uses your enemy to act as a filter. Took me a while to figure this out. I just I said, "What in the world is the Lord trying to show me?" Here the other day, Pastor Matt, I bought a brand new um, dry wet back, shop back. I call it a shop back. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's brand new. And my other one kicked the bucket. So I bought a brand new one. I was tearing out a shower <clears throat> for this customer. And it was a mess. It had been leaking for years. Behind the tile, the sheetrock just crumbled in my hands. It was just a mess. And so I'm taking this shop back, and I'm cleaning it up. Dust. I had jackhammered out the shower pan. If y'all know anything about that, it's not pretty at all. And just yucky, yucky, I took the vanity out and commode out. and It was just nothing but two-by-fours, and I was just going to rebuild. So I'm cleaning it up after I got all it tore out. Suddenly, that shop back, it just wasn't working right. I would put it over the trash, and it wouldn't suck it up. It wouldn't work. It wasn't efficient. Listen, it was, watch, that, watch that phrase. It wasn't efficient. It's not the way it should be. And you know what? You, know, you already know where I'm going. You know what I had to do? I went out, took it outside, took the lid off, took that filter off that was absolutely this thick caked around it. And I had to take that filter, thank God there was a dumpster there, and I went over that dumpster and I hit it. And you talk about dust, junk, mess, residue from a leaking shower got all over my arms just beating it out just beating it out beating it out hitting it turned it over looked at it turned it around the other side hit it beat it out 
I kept beating on that filter. It even kind of bent it out of shape a little bit. It was round, those round filters. Kind of bent it out of shape. I straightened it back up, kept beating it. Got it where it would stop, dust started, stopped coming out of it. Stuck it back in there. Used it. It was efficient. Sometimes God sends an enemy in our life to beat our filter out. And I thought, oh, that's a pretty good illustration, but where's that? Where's it at in the scripture? I found it. You remember there was a guy in the Bible by the name of Pharaoh. Watch this. Watch this. God said to Pharaoh, or God said about Pharaoh, that he hardened his heart. He made him an enemy to the children of Israel. Okay, y'all with me? Then, of course, Israel left, and they got to the Red Sea. They got to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh came behind them. What did the people say? Is there not a, what, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of smart aleck. They said, is there not enough graves in this wilderness, Moses, that you want us to die as well? Do you want us to go back? We need to go back to Egypt where at least we had onions and garlic. Is that not inefficient as people of God? Come on, y'all. And God said to Moses, stretch your rod out over the Red Sea. The Red Sea parted. Children of Israel walked over on dry ground. God said, Moses, put your rod back over the Red Sea. Pharaoh and his army was in the middle. The ground started getting muddy and the chariot wheels began to fall off. And the waters crashed in together. The next morning, the bodies were on the shore. And Israel's filter was cleaned. And they said, this enemy you will never see again. Okay, let me land this. Here it is. Look at me. Everybody look at me. You know what? We've been having to process a lot as Americans right now. I'm talking to people that probably there are, there are layers after layers after layers on your heart. It's not just America. It's just your own family. You're dealing with jobs. You're dealing with what's happening to America. You're dealing with your kids. You're dealing with health and finances and church. And we are dealing with a lot as Americans right now. You know what? If you're not careful, you become inefficient. You stop reading your Bible. You stop being nice. Come on, y'all. Get a little grouchy, a little road rage going on. Huh? Your filter gets thick. You get short-tempered. People you love, you don't have the same feelings for them, even though you know it's not them, it's you. You know what God's wanting to do? He's wanting to bang that filter out. Get that mess out of there. So you can become efficient as a child of God. Amen?
wonder if there's some people in this room that are just saying, hey, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see it. I want you to stand with me all across the room.